This is the High Impact Leadership Podcast. Bringing vision into action. Josh Veneta is a leadership and business growth coach. I decided that I wanted to have a bigger impact. Bigger impact. Fueled by helping individuals and organizations thrive. Engaged with a new passion. Josh is a proven business leader. To help others succeed. Over 15 years experience in helping organizations put vision into action. Where we provide tools and wisdom that help leaders and their organizations to thrive. Strategy. Strategy. Consistent execution. Execution, leadership. That's what coaching actually is. It's an unlocking of what's already there. This is the High Impact Leadership Podcast. Welcome back to High Impact, a podcast for leaders. My name's Josh Veneta. I'm your host, strategic advisor, and leadership coach for CEOs and their teams. Today, we're actually not going to have a guest but I'm going to be doing some reflecting, some personal reflection, being vulnerable with you about what I love and what I hate about the process of approaching a new year. You see, I think that approaching the process of a new year is somewhat nostalgic, naturally. In the the States, we're going into Thanksgiving, and then we're moving into Christmas and the other holidays and New Year's Eve. And so I think it's a natural time for us to to pause, to reflect, to think about what's happened in the past year, to process exactly how we feel about all of that. And at the same time, we're being pulled forward on January the 1st into something that's new, that's a blank slate, that's full of promise and optimism and hope. And yet for much of my life, I don't think I actually had any idea what I really wanted to do with that. So what I'm going to share with you has actually been the process that I've developed over uh, my life that has helped me to think better and to be more effective at processing a year past and moving into a new year. There are three R's. And the first one is to reflect. My wife, a few years ago, when my son was old enough, came up with this exercise. It's an out with the old and in with the new exercise. And on the out with the old column, it's the first one, we we talk about what our favorite memories were from the year. We talk about what we were grateful for, things that we learned, and things that we're proud of. And then on the other side, it's an invitation into what we want to happen in the following year places we may want to visit, things we want to get better at and improve upon, things we're looking forward to and anticipating, and new things that we want to experience or to try. Now, this exercise is geared towards our son who is under the age of 10, but it's also a great way for us as adults to keep it simple. Here's what I like about that exercise. The first thing is it invites us to celebrate. When we're asking ourselves, what are we proud of? It asks us to celebrate. I think we are fascinated in our world, and I operate in this space as a coach. Uh, We're fascinated in our world with self-help and improvement. And oftentimes, that's at the expense of realizing what we're really good at. And as we are relentlessly pursuing getting better at something, sometimes we're ignoring the things that we already are excelling at. And it may just be easier for us to put more of our effort and attention into those things that we're already good at, as opposed to those things that we're not. It depends on the situation. 
but celebrating. What does that look like? It means taking into consideration your wins. And wins are described in different ways. Perhaps you had a goal that you wanted to lose 15 pounds and you lost 17. That would certainly be something worth celebrating. Or perhaps you had a goal that you wanted to lose 15 pounds and you lost 13. And it would be easy to focus on the fact that I failed. But I think there's actually something for us to, to celebrate there, which is we're heading into the new year 13 pounds lighter than we were. Sure, 15 was the number that we had hoped for, but 13 is something that's worth celebrating. What about the smallest things? Things like our health, the heat in our homes as it's getting colder here up in New England, our family, our friends, maybe trips we took that we take for granted. Those are all things that are worth celebrating and we shouldn't rush through that. And this is probably the hardest one for me to do because I am so goal-directed and future-focused that oftentimes I don't want to spend time thinking about what went well. And not only do I not want to spend time doing it, I actually suck at it because I, I'll look past things. I'm the guy in the 13-pound, 15-pound example who's hyper-focused on the two as opposed to the 13. It's really difficult. But what I found is actually sitting down and going through the calendar, literally looking month by month by month, is a great way to look at things that can be celebrated. The second part of reflecting is to grieve. In 2020, I lost both of my grandparents. My grandfather died late in the year, just 11 days before Christmas from COVID. And I hadn't realized the impact that his life had on mine. He was our neighbor, and I had spent much of my time with him as I was growing up. We moved into our home when I was just about to head into kindergarten. And he was such a formative person in my life. And I didn't really realize that until his life had ended. And while that's an example of actually grieving the loss of somebody, I think it's okay to spend time in those places where we had dreams and goals that weren't realized and taking the time to actually sit and grieve those. Why didn't that happen? I really wanted that and that was a disappointment to me. It's okay to acknowledge those emotions. I, I, my spiritual director and I were meeting last week and he had a great a, just a great analogy that I thought was super helpful. And he invited me, he said, consider treating feelings like you would treat your spouse. You want to acknowledge them and be present to them. And I think the same thing is true for those things that cause us pain and grief and our suppressing them, it doesn't help. Our naming them gives us power over them. And then we can invite others to help us to work through that. It doesn't mean we're stuck forever. It just means in that moment, this is a really hard thing. The next part of reflecting after we've celebrated and we've grieved is to review. Now, this is probably what you'd expect somebody to do in the last quarter of a year, which is to look at your goals and see where you were charting what your progress was compared to what you had set out to do. That's certainly part of it. Uh, I think that we should uh, spend time looking at what we set out to do and did we achieve it? 
And, and here's an interesting thing that I've started doing in some of the places where I haven't achieved, ask yourself why. And what I've personally learned in some of those instances was that I actually didn't really care about that. And we'll talk about this in more detail later on, but the temptation in setting goals is for us to set goals that we think look good compared to others, as opposed to goals that are actually true, good, and appropriate for us, things that we really desire and really dream of. And that's what I've uncovered a lot of times, but it's in doing that review, that annual review to, to say, hmm, why didn't I get there? Or in other cases, why did I get there? And what can I learn from my achievement in this area that could inform this other area where I'm still making progress, but I didn't quite get where I had hoped to get yet? That's been super helpful for me as I've thought through planning for the future. And it can be it can be awkward, it can be difficult, it can be painful to look at areas that you didn't achieve, but I've actually found leaning into those, that actually unlocks for me what I need to be able to move forward and to achieve. Because I've learned in my life that I, I'm taking more lessons from me, from I'm taking more lessons with me from my own failures and the things where I didn't achieve my goals than I am where I'm killing my goals. Because we, we have to, in our review, really dig down and be honest. It's what Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, calls, he calls that confronting the brutal facts. And it doesn't mean that we lose any optimism to move forward, not at all. But it does mean simultaneously that we can hold on to our optimism that better days are ahead and that this wasn't achieved. So doing a drill down in a, in a, in a deep review can help us to take those lessons with us and to plumb those, those, those failures where all that happened is we really didn't achieve. We can make them learnings. One of my favorite sayings is that I either win or I learn. And a good review will take that approach. And, and the idea that I can learn from what I don't achieve, it, it eases the pain of being able to look into that and ask ourselves, hmm, how can this, this failure, how can this serve me to help me to, come, to become better? The next part of reflecting is Thanksgiving. We certainly celebrate the holiday uh, here in the United States in November, but what does it actually mean? Well, I think it goes hand in hand with celebration and living in such a developed country in the United States. I know I personally take so many things for granted. Clean water, a warm house, the clothes that I have, the school that my son is able to attend the freedoms that we all enjoy, the ability for me to be entrepreneurial and build my own coaching practice. Those are all things that seem to us to be just, well, part of daily life, but they're actually not. And they're actually gifts for which we should acknowledge and be thankful. And that, that celebration and that Thanksgiving, that actually, that grounds us. And, and gives us a kind of a healthy perspective of what it actually means to be human. And I think it empowers us to move forward when we acknowledge 
just how much we have to be grateful for. The last thing that I do as part of my reflection is a question I already hinted at, which is I ask, how does all of this serve me? And of course, this is a, a transitional question that's inviting me kind of forward, thinking about, okay, here's all of what happened. This is this is the past. This is my processing of it, holding this out so I can learn what actually I can take with me that can benefit me. How did this serve me? Great question. Secondly, now that I've reflected, I move into a refocusing. So refocusing for me is, is asking myself, what am I here on earth for? What are my skills? What am I passionate about? And what's a big problem that I see in the world that my skills and my passion can come to bear on? Frederick Buechner, he, he actually called that our vocation. He was asking us to say that that's that that calling is the place where our greatest gifts meet the world's greatest need. And what I love about that question and what I love about thinking about what we're here for is we are unique in the best sense of the word as human beings. And we do have something special to offer. And we are a community of human beings who are truly better together. And so leaning into our individuality and bringing the best that we have to be fully alive, well, that's something that we all benefit from and owe each other. What am I here for? It's part of my refocusing question. And it helps me when I think about where I want to go in the future, because it's kind of that, it's that lighthouse. It's that guiding light that's drawing me towards it. It's a destination that I'm looking to arrive to. And then I get to work backwards from that destination to where I am today and figuring out what it takes to get from, from this location, my current location, to that guiding place. Next, what do I value? I think this is super important. Refocusing on what I value because it will be reflected in my calendar. I will calendar based upon where I'm going and what I value. It will influence my integrity, the way that I actually say things and do things so that they match. It'll influence the relationships that I want to start It'll influence the relationships that I may want to stop, and it will influence the relationships that I want to continue on into. So what do we value? And being specific. So I, for me, I value integrity. That's one of my, my own values. And I found this quote that I love, which says, integrity has no need of rules. And, and what I take from that is that because what we say matches what we do, we don't need any rules because there's an authenticity, there's a symmetry, there's a mirroring and a transparency to all of that that is whole. And so I enter into relationships with those who they share that, that their words and their deeds match. It's how I want to live my own life. Am I perfect? Certainly. But that's what I value. And so it impacts the relationships that I enter into. 
Thirdly, as part of my refocusing, the third question I'm asking myself is, what are my skills and my passions? I hinted that a little bit earlier, asking what I'm here for. And what I found in this area is sometimes we're so close in this refocusing place, place that it's difficult, or at least it was for me, to be able to answer some of these questions with real clarity. And so I invited those closest to me, your spouse, your best friends, your closest coworkers, if you have an assistant, um, those types of individuals. I asked them to say, what do you see as my greatest skills? And I let them just speak into that. And now I know that can be awkward. And I know it can. But it's not compliment fishing. It really isn't. It's really trying to understand and purpose and gifts. And so they gave some things back to me that were super helpful and that were clarifying. And when I heard them, I felt like, yes, that's true. And my heart rested because I knew that that was a place where what they were saying was actually right. And so it was, and, and at the same time, there's also a freedom that exists in that, that there's, we don't need to hide from who we are, but we lean into that. It's like, these are the things that other people are seeing in me that are good. And I'm going to lean into those because they're seeing them as good. I don't need to worry about being something that I'm not, because this is what I have to offer. So that, that process of asking other people is just super helpful. And you invite that in, but they have to be trusted. They have to be close and they have to be, a, be people that will tell you the kind truth. This isn't an, an opportunity to invite people who hardly know you that, you know, will make you feel good. It's really an opportunity for the closest people around you who, who know you to the depths of your, of your person to be able to say in or in name, what is actually true of you in your life. So as we re refocus, we ask ourselves, what are we here for? What's a need in the world that our heart burns for? How can we make a, con a positive contribution to the world? What do I value? And what does it actually mean to say that I value that? So it's not enough to say merely that I we have integrity going back to my own personal example, but using that quote, and then I explain it with two to three sentences. It's a refocusing. And lastly, what are my skills and my passions? And inviting others to speak into that. So as we refocus and we revisit that first question of what we're here for and what we value, it kind of all goes together. It fits all together. And those three questions are asked together and, they, and helps us to move forward. And so we, we reflect on where we've been. We ask how that past has served us. We grieve over what needs to be grieved for and left behind. We celebrate and give thanks for those things that were awesome, good. And we take the lessons with us forward from our learnings. And so that leads us to the last R. The third step, which is a, a recommitment. In recommitting ourselves, we ask this question. If I'm on, on the earth to do this, and for me, I know that I'm on the earth to inspire, lead, and equip other human beings 
to be fully alive. So in the next 12 months, what needs to be true of my actions in order for me to live out helping others to be inspired, equipped, and led to being fully alive? Maybe saying it a little bit differently is, what's our contribution that we're making to the world? And that ties back to our refocusing question of what we're here for. This is really task-oriented in nature. It's the part I think we all rush to, frankly. But I've realized that we can't do a really good job in this recommitment phase unless we do a really good job in reflecting and in refocusing ourselves. Because again, it's that directional focus that is so important to know exactly where we're going. How are we going to know when we arrive if we don't know what the destination is? And that's what a refocusing and a reflection can help us to do. Jim Collins, who I referenced earlier, he wrote the book, Good to Great. And he also did a, a great YouTube session that was recorded, and it was 10 Things for People Who Are Under the Age of 30. I listened to that when I was in my 20s. And one thing that Jim suggested has stayed with me for basically the rest of my, will stay with me for the rest of my life. And it's the idea of creating a start, stop, and continuing list. So think this through. We've, re, as a part of our recommitment, we're really trying to work towards what we're refocused on. Why we're here, what's our purpose? And so in order for us to pursue that purpose, we need to evaluate what do we need to start doing to live into that purpose? What do we need to stop doing that's not in keeping with that purpose? And what are good things right now that we need to continue to do that's furthering that purpose? And then Jim's next step in that, in that is start your stop. Start your start, stop, and continue list. I think a lot of us look at goals and we're gonna do a workshop early in the new year about how to set effective goals. But I think a lot of us look at, at goals and we spend time in looking at what somebody in life has done that we admire. And we think if we just follow their path, we'll get there. And for a lot of my professional career, I did that. I tried to get where I thought I wanted to go by copying other people. And what I've realized is that there's only one Josh Veneta. And I have a certain gift set and a certain skill set that I can bring to the world. And by being somebody else, I'm actually not living fully into who I am. And I'm not offering the best I can to you, to my family, to my friends, to my clients, and all the people who I interact with. It takes real courage to recommit and to live in to our purpose, to live into our values daily, to let them be the guides for which we, we hold things so closely that we will end things that are maybe we think are really good 
That's how much we value our purpose and our guiding values. So here's the question. What's one thing you could take away from today's session that could help you to process 2023 and prepare to move in to 2024? If you found this helpful today, you're going to want to keep your eyes out for a workshop we're going to release on effective goal setting and not just setting of the goals, but it's kind of the 2.0 of this session, which is how do we build systems in our daily lives that help us to achieve? Because as James Clear said, we don't rise to the level of our goals. We actually fall to the level of our systems. Thanks for listening to the first season of High Impact, a podcast for leaders. It's been a joy to interview really just exceptional individuals who have given us incredible and actionable insights. And now as we conclude this, I wish you and your family the happiest of holidays and a thriving 2024.